Good morning and welcome to Bethel Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Amy Beveridge, and this is our online worship service. What a wild, wonderful week we had here at church. We hosted a whole gaggle of kids for our summer vacation Bible camp. Our days were full of laughter and singing and silliness and watermelon and water games and learning about God's story for our lives. Although very, very tiring, I'll not lie, I know all of us leaders also had full hearts. It was a pretty magnificent week, and thanks to Missy Schwartz and her hardworking team. I especially want to recognize our own middle school and high school students who took on quite a bit of responsibility and worked pretty tirelessly behind the scenes and hands-on with the students. It was so great watching them mature into new roles. So with all that excitement, we are having a rerun of worship this week. We didn't have time to produce a new online service, so we are reposting one of my favorites from the last year. It was one of my first sermons back from sabbatical and full of my love for this place and this time in life. It also is an interesting look back at where we have been and where we are now. So with that introduction... Let us revisit a moment from the past and praise God for such a beautiful week together doing the ministry we love. Amen. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the God of manna, the God of miracles, the God of mercy. Amen. Drawn to Christ and seeking God's abundance, let us confess our sin. God, our provider, help us. It is hard to believe there is enough to share. We question your ways when they differ from the ways of the world in which we live. We turn to our own understanding rather than trusting in you. We take offense at your teachings and your ways. Turn us again to you. Where else can we turn? Share with us the words of eternal life and feed us for life in the world. Amen. Beloved people of God, in Jesus, the manna from heaven, you are fed and nourished by Jesus, the worker of miracles. There is always more than enough. Through Jesus, the bread of life, you are shown God's mercy. You are forgiven and loved into abundant life. Amen. Thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming love Here I raise my Ebenezer Hither by thy help I come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home 
your kindness yet pursues me, how your mercy never fails me till the day that death shall lose me. I will sing, oh, I will sing. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. How your kindness yet pursues me, how your mercy never fails me, till the day that death shall lose me. I will sing, oh, I will sing, how your kindness yet pursues me, how your mercy never fails me, till the day that death shall lose me. I will sing, oh, I will sing, till the day that death shall my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, Lord, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, you are the tree of life. 
offering shelter to all the world. Graft us into yourself and nurture our growth that we may bear your truth and love to those in need through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from Ezekiel chapter 17. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of a cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it, every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. All the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I bring low the high tree. I make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Psalm 92. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praise to your name, O Most High. To herald your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. On the psaltery and on the lyre and on the melody of the harp. For you have made me glad by your acts, O Lord, and I shout for joy because of the works of your hands. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree and shall spread abroad like a cedar of Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be green and succulent. That they may show how upright the Lord is, my rock, in whom there is no injustice. Amen. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we are always confident, even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we try to persuade others. But we ourselves are well known to God, and I hope that we are also well known to your consciences. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you an opportunity to boast about us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast in outward appearance and not in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all. Therefore all have died. And he died for all, so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. 
From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. are stirred. Alleluia, Lord, we sing for the good news that you bring. A reading from the Gospel of Mark. And Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth, yet when it is sown it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables he spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, there is much to love about the mustard seed. I have always cherished this story, so many reasons to love this story. Don't we all love how in the way of Jesus the little things triumph? And don't we love that to win in this life, to be successful in the way of Jesus, is to shelter the creatures and offer shade to the weary? And don't we love that Jesus chooses a pesky weed to describe his way of life, the overlooked, the undervalued, the stuff that gets in the way? but is also fast-growing, resilient, and unbeatable, the unbeatable seed of a weed. It's all so perfect, so perfect to describe life in Christ. My son was sent home with some seeds this past spring and his homeschool supplies. I think it's pretty standard in elementary school rooms that come the planting season, every child gets their little styrofoam cup and a bean or a sunflower seed to plant, and homeschool was no different. And so in April, we collected some soil, planted our little guys in cups, and sat them in a sunny window and watched. And I have to tell you, I learned some things when the two of us paid close attention to the growing process. And while it was happening, I was aware that every single thing I noticed was yet another description of faith and life in Christ. It was like being with an unfolding parable. So first, I was impatient. Imagine that. I was so excited to have this little project, to be sharing in the miracle of seeds, sending forth a root and a shoot with the right chemistry of soil and water and air. I was aware that this was some sort of test that I'd set up for myself and my worth as a teacher and as a mother. 
Plus, you may remember from previous sermons, I am notorious for killing plants. So I was all in. Every day, we'd go and check, is there a seedling yet? Surely, this would be the day I would say. I was so impatient that at one point, I became convinced that the seeds didn't work. And so I dug them up, which I'm pretty sure no self-respecting kindergarten teacher would ever do. But I dug them up only to discover that one of them had indeed sprouted the tiniest of roots. So impatience and waiting, which we who are faithful know a lot about. And spiritually and emotionally, what happens when we go digging into mysteries and stories that are not ready to be revealed? I thought a lot about that after I reburied that root, how our meddling and impatience with the unseen can be unintentionally destructive. But I have to say, only when I examined the root and I saw how tiny it was, just a thin hair, and I saw how short it was, I realized that we had to step up our watering game. It was so vulnerable, this little root, how quickly it would dry if we didn't keep close watch, every morning digging our fingertips in to assess the moisture levels. So that was the first thing I learned about the seed, besides my own impatience, right? In the beginning, water often nourishment during that vulnerable time. I think I've always known in the beginning of growing something, watering often is necessary, but I don't think I realized why, or maybe I never cared to ask about that tiny, shallow root. So we made it through the root and Jacob and I. And my anxiety was only replaced then by a new kind of fear for our seedlings. Soon, a little green shoot emerged, but I had never watched closely how this happens. And as it turns out, two little leaves muscle through the husk, and once they shed that tough protective layer, the plant is free to go. It was amazing, actually, thinking about the biting down on a sunflower seed. Imagine that in your mouth, splitting it with your teeth, and that plants can actually do that without jaw strength. The leaves spread. New leaves grew out the top. But then I started to panic a rising anxiety because those first strong leaves quickly dried and shriveled rather than grow. Oh dear, oh dear, what's happening? Was it getting enough water? Was it in too much sun? What was happening? But soon enough, rather than dying, the whole thing was taking off. And I realized that those first two seed-busting brutes were leaves simply meant to give their power and then their job was done. Then bigger, softer, thinner leaves would grow in their wake. I have managed to make it nearly 45 years on this planet and not know of something called ecotoledon. Who knew that there was something in a plant whose sole purpose was to muscle through the tough darkness of the husk and pour out its short life on behalf of the whole plant? Does that sound familiar? Who knew this about plants? Where was I in biology class? But here's the thing that felt so applicable to our life of faith. I mean, yes, there is a conformity to, to Christ there that I've mentioned. But I didn't know that those first mighty leaves would serve their purpose so quickly. I didn't understand their role in the overall picture of things. And because I didn't understand their distinct purpose, when they started to brown and weaken, I panicked. At the first sign of death, I panicked. And truthfully, watching the sunflower grow once we transplanted it outside, the no, I'm sorry, the bean didn't make it, but watching that sunflower grow, you or I in this case, 
realize just how much death is essential to the life of things and that actually, despite my panic, it was going to do just fine. I mean, I think that is something that we, we know intellectually but need constant reminding of in our souls. Death is essential to the life of things. Death of the seed, death of the cotyledon, death of the bottom leaves as the stem grows, death of the flower petals after it is pollinated, death of the whole thing as the seeds fall and give themselves over to the new life in the coming new year. There is death the whole way along. Every day watching that sunflower, I would ask myself, why am I so afraid of the death of what has served its purpose? I look at my small life, just as each of you might look at your small life, and I see death everywhere if I'm careful and attentive. Jacob's teeth are falling out. Our cat of 15 years passed away a few days ago. My friendships have changed over the years and certainly changed in the last year. Church continues to evolve. My teenager finishes another school year. There are little deaths everywhere built into everything that is worthwhile. I think what I pray for on the day that we tell the story of the mustard seed or the sunflower, and I say I pray for this because I don't alone have the power to do this, I pray for the wisdom to not be afraid of death. I was afraid for the root. I was afraid for the new leaves. I was afraid for the pollen getting to the right place. And that's what I would like for myself and for all of us. That's what I would like from God. Enough trust in the new life to come. Enough courage in the midst of fear. Enough calm so I don't waste my days anxious about things that are doing the very purposes they are meant to do. I'm going to repeat that. I, all of us, Let us not waste our days anxious about things that are doing the very purposes they are meant to do. How instead can we honor them for their purpose and for their gift and sacrifice to the future? I'll tell you something else about that little sunflower seed. After my son and I planted it, it looked lonely. So we went to the nursery and I found it some strawberries. Strawberries remind me of my grandmother who died last year and who is yet to be buried. I was happy to ring them round our new flower. It reminds me of her. And then once that box was looking promising, the area around the box looked even more shabby and bare. So we built more boxes and we found more soil. And before we knew it, I was panicking over the cantaloupe seeds. And then who can resist tomatoes in a summer garden? So I found myself across the street from Trader Joe's watching that lovely gentleman saw open some Pinot Noir barrels for me so I'd have some place to put those sun golds. And then I panicked when like the bottom like turned yellow like they do after you transplant them. And then the lavender came and the rosemary and the thyme and the chives. And thank goodness, because they're kind of simple and straightforward. And then we built another box below that covered the ugly concrete blocks, and we filled that one with soil for corn and lemon cucumbers. Our cat who died, she actually made it to the shady side of the box underneath some African daisies, where I like to check in and remember how she loved both my babies. When I think of the voracious growth of the mustard seed, it's not just that biologically it is equipped for rapid takeover of its surroundings. Sometimes a new sprout simply takes over by inspiring rather than by choking out everything around it. The presence of beauty, the signs of love in our lives, 
They spill over all around us. They feed everything next to it so that one day you go from growing a sunflower in your kitchen with your kindergartner and the next thing you know, a garden blooms outside. All we can hope is that we are paying attention. So when the Spirit whispers to us, you need some strawberries next to that, we can answer and keep answering. And like any good parable, let us appreciate that this is not just a story about gardening. This is a story about community and human life and family and a better world for everyone. I appreciate the farmer who scattered all that seed and quite simply would go to bed and then the next day observe the seed sprouted, but he did not know how. This is the nature of our frustrating lives. We don't make our way by what we can see only. We make our way so often in the darkness, so often trusting in what is happening below the surface. We make our way knowing there is very little we can understand. But rather than that being deflating somehow, it is meant to be liberating. It is meant to cultivate in us a sense of wonder. How freeing it is to trust death. How freeing it is to trust that we can't know the full purpose of something in the moment. How freeing it is to give ourselves over to the inspiration rather than ignore and resist it. How irresistible our own lives can become when we follow the seeds within and around us instead of fighting with them. I will close with a story about a conversation with my father recently. He likes to read the science sections of the big newspapers, and he told me recently that if you want to go on and become a scientist, Biology is where the action is at. Every day, he says, he reads something miraculous. It used to be physics when I was young, he said. He's an engineer. It used to be that's where the big mysteries were. But frankly, all the big stuff has been figured out, he reported to me. And by that, he meant we've solved what we can know about the universe. And what is left? Well, there's just a few projects with massive telescopes and thousands of people on staff. So if you want to be hands-on and solve something, like truly be involved in it, biology is the place to be. He said, the really exciting work is all in the tiny things. Amen. With gracious words draw near Oh, Christ who spoke as none e'er spoke My peace be with you here We may not touch your hands and side Nor follow where you trod But in your promise we rejoice And cry, my Lord and God Help them, O Lord, our unbelief And may our faith abound To 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the Church, the world, and all God's people, mindful of the seed and its power. Holy One, we pray in thanksgiving and with the hope of liberation that much of your work remains in secret. We cannot know the mysteries of each human life or the hidden regeneration of creation. Let us live in respect of what we do not know and take comfort, not fear, as we let go of judgment and assumption. Let us treat others and the world around us with the gentleness that it deserves. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray, Holy Spirit, for the inspiration of your word. Let us inhale its power and exhale peace. May each of us be the rich soil, the life-giving sun, the nurture of water. Your kingdom may grow from our hearts. May we learn to recognize this kingdom not just within us but around us. Know what it is to walk in courage in your way. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our leaders, O God for our Bethel Council and our fledgling mutual ministry team. Itself is a seed. And we pray in gratitude for a new bishop, Bishop Brenda Boss, and our 30 new leaders who will serve Southwest California on many teams and our Synod Council. Blessed be the Lord for raising up servants in your midst. Thanks be to God. We give thanks, O Lord, for the scientists, for the curious ones, for the people who have the discipline to learn and seek out your mysteries and solve problems for the world. Inspire them, O God. Keep them true to their callings. We pray in thanksgiving for the hope they give us. Blessed be the Lord. Thanks be to God. We pray for those closest to us in our community, for those struggling in mind, body, and spirit for those who have lost someone close to them and grieve, for those who are weary and tired and whose feet need to rest, for those in transitions, those making big decisions, for those who are graduating and stepping away from all they have known, for those about to leave home, and for those discerning when to ask for help. Lord, in your mercy, 
Hear our prayer. Loving God, help us to accept death when it shows itself, whether it is the death of a dream, an idea, a way of being, or the body itself. Let us not cling to what does not serve our future. Let us not hinder new life with our need to control. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Holy Spirit, you have come upon us. Breathe new life into us. Help us to share this new life in what we do and say. You are our creator. Help us to be creative. You inspire us. Help us to inspire others. Help us to build up rather than break down. Help us to be renewed and refreshed when we are torn down and tired. Call us by your Spirit into the way of new life. Through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not on temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The blessing of God who provides for us, feeds us, and journeys with us be upon you now and forever. Amen. Springtime and harvest 
faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Go in peace. You're the body of Christ. Thanks be to God.